welcome to the Two World Podcast, where you can hear thoughts and reflections on unique intersections between faith and culture. Tune in regularly for this foray into feelings of surprise and interconnectedness and aha moments in life when two worlds come together. Now join your hosts, Barney and Jacob, for this most recent episode. everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Two World Podcast. I have the honor of getting this started today, and I am Barney, and I am joined today with my co-host, and he is... Jacob! And I think we're still kind of in summer theme, summer mode these days, and one thing that comes to mind when I think of summer is um, the idea of concerts, uh, especially going to concerts. Um, feel that there's there's always a, a real host of, of op- opportunities of concerts to go to. And um, from where I grew up in Ohio, it's not too, too, too far to get to um, Peninsula, where the Blossom Music Center is. And um, that outdoor pavilion hosts a wide range of concerts um, and a wide range of artists and music types. But I, I always tended to... Um, veer toward the Cleveland Orchestra side of things. Um, I know that that the local um, public radio station would often have a fun drive uh, fundraising thing in the summer and they would give away, um, you know, two vouchers or something to lawn seats, you know, but it was always so nice. It was such a neat thing to pack a picnic and take one other person or or go with a, a group of people. And, and um, they always, I think the orchestra tended to have kind of fun themes in the summertime when they were outdoors and occasionally had fireworks and whatnot. But um, thinking in a a much broader context of concerts, um, although I grew up uh, playing some instruments here and there, I never really was, I can't think that I ever participated in any of the concerts that that maybe we had in junior high or not. I don't remember. Um, But I know that I was not um, involved in those. But um, Jacob and I, in, in a future episode, really want to talk about um, a band that he was in in university. And so I realized that Jacob has a really unique perspective when it comes to concerts of having gone to concerts and also having been performing in a concert. And um, and then just taking a, a sneak peek of some of the pictures that Jacob will show today, it um, jogged my memory, of course, almost, I guess, almost a year ago. Um, I guess next month in September, he was in maybe his most recent concert um, with a guest that we had on then with Lee Matsos. And it'll be, I had the chance, I tuned into that concert and really enjoyed it. And I'm sure some of the people watching and listening today um, at this moment right now did as well. And I hope that it spoke to you, but that's one of the great things about concerts, about music, about um, the venue, that about it being live, that um, really, gives music a real impact and I think that um, affects us and gives us, helps us to, takes us to an experience that we truly can maybe only get as a concert for one way or the other um, in a live setting. And um, I'm really curious to hear how it is to feel, to be on the other side of the microphone as it were. But um, how about for you, Jacob, when, when we thought about this idea of concerts, um, what were some of the initial thoughts that, that came to your mind? Yeah, so um, like you said, Barney, um, it's uh, very special to participate in a comfort, in a concert. So I was thinking of ones that I've had the chance to be a part of over the years and the preparation that went into getting ready for those and the feelings and the emotions before the concert began and then um, what it was like afterwards. And, um, and I guess the dynamic too, while the concert's happening, that how it feels to be interacting with an audience. So I thought of those things, but then I also thought of some amazing performances that I've seen professional musicians offer some of my favorite concerts in that setting. And then, you know, as a parent, it is, been really interesting over the years to see my children also participate in concerts through their school. And so that has been yet another layer. So for me, it's 
about like personal experience, being involved with the concert directly, but then also appreciating what professional musicians do or other local musicians. And so, yeah, those were the first things that jumped out to me. Um, I, I remember as a small young child, my sister, who was seven years older than me, went to a lot of concerts. And I remember her talking about how great they were and um, how <laughs> when she would have one that she was planning to go on, how she would get so excited ahead of time. And then she would have stories of things that happened when she went to the concerts, often funny things that would happen with her friends. And so I remember always kind of thinking, oh, I wonder what those concerts are about. <laughs> and I wonder what that's like. And then when I got to be in high school, um, I went to a few and um, got to experience it like the, that huge sense of a large crowd and um, the volume being so loud, you know, from the huge PA and speaker systems and just seeing like a musician perform a song that you'd heard on the radio, but performing it in person and that different dynamic that's there and the excitement of people as people would cheer when they came on the stage. So, so some of the concerts that I went to um, were um, like, I guess you'd say just contemporary well-known artists. Like I remember going to see and wheeling West Virginia, the band rusted root, which was kind of a local band that was known somewhat larger than just in our region. But um, that was one of the early concerts that I went to. And I went with some of my friends and we were all so excited because we knew their music beforehand. And then um, I remember going to, a Steve Miller band concert, which was interesting because they have a lot of hits, you know, that you've heard on the radio over the years. And so the excitement of, of hearing them um, and just, you know, all of the lead up to the event, you know, people um, finding their spot in the lawn, you know, putting out a blanket and, and, and anticipating them coming on. And then most concerts have multiple artists. So, you know, you have the opening act and then eventually you get to the, um, the main performance of the, the band you've been waiting for and how exciting that is. And I remember too, when I was in middle school, going into high school, um, our youth group took a trip to Washington, DC for this big Christian uh, convention. And there were some artists who were performing there in a, like a kind of a concert setting and being excited about that, hearing DC talk at the time, you know, was, they were really big and some like, older, but also known artists like Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant and things like that. And so I guess whether the music was secular or religious, um, the concert experience is very unique and being with a large group of people, that sense of spectacle and sense of excitement of a crowd that the dynamics of people anticipating together, something's coming, something's coming. And then when the person appears on stage, you know, everybody cheering and clapping. And so those were some of major thoughts that came to mind for me. Um, how about for you? Are there some prominent concert memories or shows that stand out to you as ones that were your favorites or that you really remember they left an impression on you? Yeah. Um, I, I, I have never had the chance to um, experience such, such a large venue um, concert before. Um, but I, I can relate with your, um, story of kind of like a rite of passage, you know, like where your older siblings were going to concerts and coming home and talking about all the things that they went to. I remember when my siblings went to, um, I think it was the very first year of Lollapalooza down in Columbus and, you know, all of the, the different um, bands that they saw and then came back and talked about it. And, um, but I think like maybe my my first kind of, uh, aside from the orchestra, one of my really first concerts was seeing um, uh, Real Big Fish, the ska band. And um, I was uh, with, a, I was at a, a friend's place down at Purdue University. And we were, my other friends and I from Goshen were hoping to see a different band, but they suddenly canceled. And um, the rumor was that they found that the venue was a little bit small and they said, oh, we're not going to play at such a small place. And then they canceled. Then um, my friend at Purdue said, well, the next day, Real Big Fish is there. You know, we can just exchange the tickets, right? We go see it. And it was such a fun experience because it was a smaller venue. And um, I didn't know at the time, but, you know, they're well known for um, playing on college campuses. And um, there was one time where uh, some, I guess, college-age 
girl, she held up a sign and, you know, and then, you know, they, they kind of joke, joke around with the audience a little bit. And then they pretended that they were having trouble reading the sign and they read the sign. And, and she said, you know, can I sing this certain song with you guys on stage? And, and then they, they discussed it together on microphone and they said, you know, well, you know, a few, a few performances ago, we let someone come up and play drums with us. So yeah. Okay. And then they let her come up on stage and sing one of the songs with them that, um, on the album is recorded by you know another um, female fronted ska band and it was did a great job it was really amazing hearing it um and but i think uh something like that these unexpected things and the participation with the audience that you can get in a smaller venue was amazing but i think one concert that that i had wanted to see for a real long time um, one artist is um, he's kind of a new age artist. Uh, his name is uh, Kitaro and he's Japanese, but, and I, I didn't know how well known and widely known he was. I just happened to find his um, CD at the public library, the Wayne County Public Library years and years ago. And, you know, I took it and listened to it, really enjoyed it. And then and then it just dawned on me as like, wait a minute, he's Japanese. I'm living in Japan. Maybe I should go try and see a concert. And um, he was doing this concert um, of his music. And um, it was two halves. The, the first half was um, sent to performance by a, a no, a no actor. So N-O-H, um, the, the very traditional Japanese uh, um, theater. And it's, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit when Chris was on, um, it's Chris Messos, um, when we talked about theater in another past episode, no theater is very slow <laughs> and um, almost methodical the way that the actor moves. And in this case, it worked so well with the, the music to just watch the actor move by herself on stage very, very slowly, you know, dressed in, in costume. Um, and, uh, then the second half was an album that he had done about, um, kind of related to Japanese mythology. And this time he set it to images from, uh, from, uh, from space, from NASA or from, uh, one of the local universities. Um, and even though the, the inspiration for the original album was about Japanese mythology, the kind of the introduction that they wrote about um, what the song, the myth that this one piece related, each piece related to, and then the images that they said it to from space just worked so well together. It was very, very impactful. And um, I, I, kind of it, the concert was, this also was in a very small venue in a very small town of just about um, 70,000 people or so, a very small city. And, and so then I thought, well, maybe he's not as famous as I think he was. And I had these delusions of, you know, I wonder if maybe he'll see me, you know, during the performance and say, whoa, hey, here's this, you know, foreigner, oh, maybe I'll talk with him afterwards, you know? And I, I said to, to my wife, I said, you know, I wonder, should I say if, if we have the chance to talk afterwards? And she's like, do you really think that you'll get to talk? Cause she, she understood how, how famous he was and, and, and the very lengthy, extensive career and multiple Grammy awards that he has won. And so then I, I quickly, you know, when I arrived, realized, you know, what, that I was in the presence of a very, very well-established artist and maybe he doesn't necessarily have time to chat with people after stage, but afterwards, but, um, it was, uh, the concert was just so, so moving in so many different ways. I, I um, and probably that stands for me still as the pinnacle of, of, of the music that experiences that I have been to. And um, yeah, I hope again to be able to see him in, in person uh, if possible. As you were, as you were just saying that there at the end, that it's one of the greatest or the highest end of, performances that you've seen i want to ask uh, what separates a good concert experience from a great one like that like what about it made it really stand out to you i think i think in my case um yeah so if i'm if i compare it with um 
with Real Big Fish or maybe Cleveland Orchestra. Um, those, those Real Big Fish, I hadn't known much about them. And Cleveland Orchestra, maybe I didn't always know the pieces, but um, the the pieces that, that uh, Kitaro was playing, I was very, very familiar since, since that time of um, getting that CD at the public library. I've since acquired a number of his albums and um, I, I knew the, the pieces he was playing very well. And so having that familiarity and then hearing, being able to, you know, have my brain compare, you know, what I've heard as a recording and what I'm hearing now um, and connected with the visual aspect from, uh, from the, 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 the actor or from the um, images from space, which just on their own are so amazing to see these different nebulae and um, different, you know, the close-ups of the sun and whatnot. But in, in this case, I think that one of the instruments that Kitaro plays is the, the shakuhachi, which is um, kind of a wooden flute. And um, you play it kind of like a recorder almost, but it does not have a reed at all. And it doesn't have like kind of the fluted <laughs> end that a recorder has. And um, uh, Ayako's grandma has one, and it is impossible to play. It is so hard to even get a sound to come out of it. There is such a special technique um, that you have to be able to master in order to, to get a note, let alone mm. a beautiful melody. And, and that's one of the instruments that he plays. And um, I think just that being able to see someone um, you know, produce the kind of music that he did with with that very difficult instrument. Um, maybe that just is what kind of took it to the very next level, I think. Oh, that's so interesting. Hmm. So in this case, it was like technical skill and mm -hmm. then the kind of artistic combination of, mm -hmm. of the, the like satellite images with the, mm -hmm. the dramatic representation of that, what was on, you know, being kind of um, physically demonstrated on the stage right. combined with the music, it all came together perfectly. Like it really mm. suited mm. and complemented um, itself, like in, in the various facets. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, mm. For me, I, I would add to that. I, I think when I think of concerts where I was really impressed with the, the like you said, the, the elements coming together and the high level of performance, for me, I would also add if there's some moment of deep emotional resonance between mm -hmm. the audience and the performer where there's some kind of exchange or or a kind of an interaction, like I'm thinking, um, for example, I went with a youth group that I was serving right after I graduated from seminary. We went to several contemporary Christian concerts, and one of them was a huge one. Um, I believe it was called Ichthus, if I'm not mistaken, and in Kentucky. Um, it was a huge Christian music festival, and we got to hear different bands. And one of them was a band called Skillet that is was, I would say, in the genre of kind of alternative grunge mm. rock, you know. Mm. And so, you know, screaming guitars, um, but also um, like some melancholy and, and, mm. and things in the music. Um, but anyway, there were some moments in the concert where they would they would transition from one of their heavy songs or mm. reflective songs into like a worship song that had like a real intimate chorus. Um, and the when the then they would sometimes stop playing and just sing, and the audience would sing with them. Oh. And the um, mm. the going back and forth between the singer on the stage and the audience was so meaningful. And mm. because they picked songs that people knew and in mm. particular songs that were cherished and they reflected like a sense of, of the audience's sense of like connection with God or closest with God, it they got, got into this emotional space, you know, where mm. it was worshipful and people were really in sync with the, um, the musicians who were also worshiping and it felt like it was transcending not just what we think of as a performance with 
maybe a more passive audience. It became something that was much more than that. Like, so that a moment like that stands out to me. Um, I also remember them taking a little segment from a U2 song um, and singing it inserted in, in one of these worship songs, um, mm. which they, their interpretation and how they were using it, it was very poignant and meaningful. They were, it's that part um, of the song. I think it's, it might be with or without you. It's off the Joshua mm -hmm. tree album, but it's, mm -hmm. you give yourself away, you give mm -hmm. yourself away and you give, you give, you give yourself away. But the way they were singing it, it was in the context of like, they were referring that in worship to God, mm -hmm. to Jesus. And um, mm -hmm. so anyway, um, I think at any time a concert can, um, can bring in the audience and you see that kind of that interaction between the artist and the audience that, that gets to an emotional place. That's very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes even artists will have a flair for um, like a dramatic expression in, in a buildup in their concert to some kind of, um, action done on stage, or um, I remember at the end of Lee Matsos's concert, he had orchestrated and planned for this moment where for this final song that we would exit. Um, and after everybody was off the stage, he would be the last person and he would light this candle. Um, and it was just, just the timing and the way that he orchestrated it. It had this real sense of like, like hope, and closure and and it got real quiet at the end of the song and it, it was just um really well planned and i think an element like that sometimes can bring a concert from being mm. a good experience to like something that's great that actually sh shapes your life i mean it takes you yeah. to a place where you will remember that um event going forward so yeah and i i was also thinking um hearing the different experiences that, that you've had, do you feel that, and, and then compared with mine, since I've only seen kind of really been in really small venues, do you feel that being in larger venues with a lot of other fans who, um, you know, also know the songs and singing the songs and it's so loud, does, do you feel that um, the energy and the vibe from the crowd also contributes to, to maybe your experience or to maybe what makes that concert extra memorable. Yeah, I think so because um, for, I guess maybe in my own life circumstances, I'm just not around mm -hmm. large groups of people like that very mm -hmm. often. So for me, mm -hmm. it feels very special and mm -hmm. um, distinct. And so particularly when you're around a bunch of people who are there for the same reason, you know, they're mm -hmm. um, excited about the artist, just like, I am. And, um, and the number of them know the music just like I do. And so if they start singing along or if they get really excited when a certain song starts, it feels like, yeah, I'm connected with, with <laughs> them. And so that's kind of exciting. It's, I think you could probably get that same energy from a sporting event, you know, cheering for a team that you really care mm. about or from a dramatic presentation or a musical, like going to see mm. Hamilton or, or, and a certain song starts, I'm not giving up my shot or something, <laughs> or, you know, like um, any type of public performance, mm. even a speech. Like if you're in a crowd and the speaker, mm -hmm. you know, has a line in there, that's really, that really grabs everybody's imagination. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, people react, you know, it's, um, I think they're at its best, a crowd of yeah. people can, you know, have an energy that's kind of contagious and mm -hmm. can be like exciting to participate with. How about for you? How do you feel about large crowds? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that it was intentional, but, um, I think that when I went to go to like a concert or a movie or, um, you know, like a musical, um, especially if it's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, I always find myself hoping that, that there won't be many people there. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that it, I feel that I really enter into the experience um, very deeply when, when I met like even a, a you know a movie um, 
you know, sometimes when I, I leave the, the cinema, I feel a little disoriented. I'm like, oh, whoa, this is still Japan. You know, I, th I thought it was in America, you know. Um, and so I, I feel like I want to be able to have the most concentration I can. And so I don't want to, to like, it, you know, accident, not accidentally, but, you know, kind of be distracted by the noticing the other things going on around me by from from the other the people there and um so i i don't know so one one band that i that i really appreciate that i've always liked um thanks to my sister is um fish um that um they 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 tend to play kind of um improvise <laughs> why can't i get this word they they improvise a bunch um in their music and I think that I would just really enjoy seeing their concert. This would definitely be one of the the large venue, you know, large crowd um, concerts. And um, I don't know. I I feel that I would want to um, be able to kind of feel like it's my own personal experience. But I would really be there within such a large crowd of of different fans. And then that would be interesting to experience being there with all the other people, especially because you never know what to expect with their music since it is improvise, I still can't get the word, um, improvise. And, um, um, and uh, I, think, I think that would be one case where, where I think that, that that would suit me very well, being able to be in that, that large experience and sharing, sharing, um, you know, having a shared experience with, with everyone there at the same time. Um, but, yeah, then I think about um, what you said um, at the end just now at um, Lee Matsos' concert. And I think that kind of like with these bands that, that improvise a lot in their music, um, you kind of probably leave that experience thinking that, wow, you know, this was something that I just, that just happened at this moment, you know, that it won't quite be repeated in the same way in another and another event. And, and I feel that, that, that must've been having, you know, I, I saw it on, on YouTube, but having um, actually been there at Lee's concert, um, especially since um, his songs were so personal and had such deep meaning um, and kind of were, but were still about themes that, that, that we can all relate to um, and connect with. And then that, bringing it, it kind of all bringing it all together with that that action that you said I think that must have been something that probably you felt like wow this only could happen here in this setting um and that, yeah that is something so special mm -hmm. for sure and I just want to say too I think we might benefit too from thinking about where an artist is in their life journey mm. when they give a concert. And in that case for Lee, we know this from our interview we did with him mm -hmm. that that concert was um, a very special time and step along the way to where he is today because he had gone through a period of difficulty after having a concussion where he couldn't perform publicly. And mm -hmm. so that was the first public performance he had done since um well, since enduring that early part of the concussion yeah. that he, he had had some small things after that, but it had really gotten to a place where he wasn't able to do that. So this concert was kind of like a celebration, not only of his music, but of his journey of healing. And so he got to the place where he could perform publicly and it was a progression. It took months and months to get there. And I remember meeting with him before the concert in the early phases and kind of exploring the possibility and, and just having the hope, will I be well enough when that day comes to oh, do this? Yeah. And, and then when he was, how amazing that became that he was well enough to do the concert. So all throughout the concert, I had asked him if he would be willing and he ended up saying yes and doing this. He shared uh, stories about how 
the individual songs related to his journey of healing and how the themes in the songs also were a part of this idea that he was calling his album then. And he's, it's still, it still has the same title uh, metamorphosis, Mm -hmm. this idea of a transformation. And in, in that particular way, it's like transformation from being unwell and unable to perform Mm -hmm. to being able to perform. And then the themes in the music too, were about our transformation from struggle and, you know, sometimes um, being hard on ourselves and self-critical to Mm -hmm. a place of, of feeling um, like you're flourishing and like you feel loved and that you have a healthy sense of yourself. So um, I guess what I want to say is that in that particular case, Lee as an artist had, um, in addition to his music, this whole other experience that was infused in the music that night in the intensity of, of, of the concert that was uh, added to, I think mm-hmm. what resulted. Um, so, um, so maybe that's why certain concerts are great too. It's not mm-hmm. like the elements are always there for a good concert, but maybe a certain performance means something extra special to the artist for a certain you know, concert because of what's going on in their life. And sometimes maybe that extra experience shines through. I don't know. I'm just kind of, oh yeah, kind of speculating, but yeah. Um, or it oh, could be too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. It could be too the collective experience of the audience. If they're going through something and the mm-hmm. concert happens at a time that, you know, is, is very influential. Like I think of, um, Eastern Europe during the cold war towards the end before the Berlin wall fell. And like, you know, I think of different public events that happened around that time and how the audience was so hungry mm-hmm. in East and West Germany to be reunited. So mm-hmm. any public like display of anything that mm-hmm. spoke about that, whether it was the visit from um, John Paul II as he was touring around mm-hmm. um, or whether it was live concerts that talked about, you know, the wall coming down various things like, that audience at that time, those types of things meant a lot to them. So I guess sometimes mm-hmm. it's also not just the artist's experience, but the audience and what we're looking for. And mm-hmm. when the artist names that on stage, you know, certain moments are really ripe for that. But yeah. Any, anyways, please go ahead with what you were going to say. Yeah, that's that's that is a really great point to to consider that um, the moment in time and and everyone's experience really impacts. Yeah, what they're bringing to and and how they hear what they're, um, what's what's being performed, but um, but then speaking of that, how about in your personal experience, um, getting ready for Lee's concert and then the times that you performed with um, Drenched, um, what what all went in with that and then how did it feel for you? What are some of the emotions or some of the 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 ways that that it felt if you could. Cause I'm sure that there are probably like some, some kind of intangible feelings that you get just that you can only get when you're performing, you know, music that yeah. you've had a part in learning or a part in, in writing and then performing right. that there must be something that that's just so unique to that. Yeah. So I would say um, that each of the experiences I had with live performances were kind of shaped by the type of music that was, being performed. So when I was in high school, I was a part of a cover band and we played at school dances. Our name was likewise. And, um, I think that that was a very different thing because, um, we were trying to conform to like the music as it was Mm -hmm. being performed by the artist. So we listened to the music and then we would try to recreate that with our instruments and as best as we could. And, Mm -hmm. um, we did maybe some aspects of our performance, some elements of our performances were interpretation of mm-hmm. those artists work, but we also were trying very hard to imitate. And, um, and that was also interesting too, cause we were younger, we were teenagers and mm-hmm. sometimes we would get bored or frustrated. I mean, just like adults do, but I remember mm-hmm. some of those practices, like I one time, um, 
people like to joke with me because I was kind of the initial organizer. So I'd be like, come mm-hmm. on, we need to, we need to stay focused. And sometimes people <laughs> right, just want to have right. fun. They don't want somebody oh, yeah. being like, we need to practice that again. So <laughs> I remember is, my drummer is... used to do this thing where he joke, where he throw his drumsticks at me, uh-huh. <laughs> but he would throw he'd lob them slowly. So I could see him right, coming right. and they'd be like, Can we, yeah. <laughs> they would be flying towards me and I could dodge them. But um, if I wasn't <laughs> on my toes every once in a while, they, right, right. they kind of get me, but <laughs> Yeah, and then sometimes people they would like revolt, and everybody would be playing like they would know I was trying to like mm-hmm. rein them in, so they would all like just start playing their own thing or singing their own. Thing. Oh, no. It was like this cacophony, almost like a jazz song, like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you know, it was still a lot of fun, and um, mm. but that was very different than when I was in college with Drenched and writing music. Um, yeah, many most of the songs that we performed were ones that we had written. And yeah. I remember that was unique because I was really struggling in college with how my personal experience of faith could be translated into this uh, community with this marketplace of ideas. And sometimes mm. it you'd feel like there wasn't much space in the conversation for your faith. And how do you, how do you find a way to meaningfully communicate that? And so one thought I had was, well, maybe it can be expressed in music. And so mm. I tried writing about these themes and of like trying to be authentic and being a part of a community where there are differences and how do we mm. take what we believe and let it be a part also, but inter- integrate it with what we're learning. So mm. I had all these songs um, about like yearning and longing and trying to like transcend limits and connect with people and um, so it was very meaningful to practice those songs. I remember when I would write a song and then bring it to the band and be like, what do you guys think? And the first time we would play it together and add the bass to it and the drums. Yeah. And um, yeah. har- sometimes the other musicians would harmonize with me mm-hmm. and loving that and seeing that build, mm-hmm. you know, and then getting to the time when we'd perform it and people would react to it. We we never had any extremely large performances. They were right. all in smaller venues, like coffee mm-hmm. shop type venues. Yeah. But um uh, probably the biggest thing we did is we did a battle of the bands and it was called the underground there on campus. And at the time, and um, it was an interesting experience. So anyway, um, but that also, so you can get a sense that felt different from the high school yeah. experience of doing right, right. songs. And then the journey with Lee was even different still because yeah. this is years later after I've been in pastoral ministry and mm-hmm. learning about like walking with people and hearing their stories and like encouraging them and, and and learning from them. And so I had spent a lot of time with Lee, even before the idea of the concert came up, just hearing his story and trying to encourage mm-hmm. him through this um, recovery journey that he was on. So by the time it came around to prepare for the concert, he was started looking for musicians and he said, um, I need a bassist and I need a drummer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. do you have any suggestions? And I said, well, I mean, I'm more of a guitarist, but I can't play bass. I have played bass before. And um, I remember him being like, oh, well, let, let's try that. And being so excited because I I had learned um, or I had heard his music. Oh, yeah. And we had um, actually recorded a lot of his music in the sanctuary. Um, we'd, we'd do about one or two songs a week over a period of weeks just to kind of get them all recorded for him. Mm-hmm. As we thought about doing the concert, we thought we need to have a way for people to hear the music as they're practicing oh, yeah. on their own. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so then to be able to play um, bass and join him and he brought on Tim Shu for guitar and mm-hmm. um, his um, former, one of, one of his former professors from the college of Worcester helped. And there were just yeah. a, there were a lot of people who were very helpful and getting ready for that was such a journey because I got to see his own ref, kind of reflection and um, preparation. We did, mm-hmm. we had a lot of, rehearsals and towards the end we had you know some really long full-length ones and that Mm -hmm. was really necessary and it felt good um but even in addition to that i would have lunch with lee and and he would share like ideas he had for what he'd say in between the songs and like which part of his journey he'd share and so i guess for me that was such a unique experience like i said earlier anytime you get to an emotional place Mm. that is added to this idea of musical proficiency mm-hmm. and well, good planning. And you get to this emotional place, like where there's spiritual meaning, it 
that kind of transcends the typical experience. It feels like a great thing. So to mm -hmm. me, like that, that concert was very meaningful. I think after the concert, I came home, I was so happy and joyful. I, wow. I watched the concert like two more times that night, oh, just yeah. on my own. Just, I remember sitting on the couch, laying down on the couch and just watching it again. And then being like, I want to watch it again. <laughs> so, and then I, I watched it a number of times after that. I, I don't know. I just, I, that was a very special moment. And it was really, it was about Lee and his music, but just even getting to be a, a support person in that journey really drew me in. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but, but um, each, each form of preparation was different based on the type of music and where I was in life. And mm -hmm. also sometimes then the unique needs of, or journey of another person that I got to connect with that made the preparing for the concert um, each time different, but also good. And mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you get to the actual day of the concert, each time I remember feeling nervous, you know, but then when you start playing, mm. like relaxing more. And then if there's a song you're really looking forward to kind of getting excited, like, I can't wait till we get to that one for the audience to hear that one. I wonder how they react. And so mm. um, one of Lee's songs um, I particularly liked uh, um, Highway to Peace. It had this really funky bass line. I just really got in. So I was like looking forward to that song. And on that song, Tim Shu really shreds on guitar with his. Oh, nice. I was like really ready for that. So, yeah. But I guess I could probably say the same, like the similar things would apply when preparing just for other public things. So you probably have a window into it too, just for, things that you prepared for um, mm -hmm. and it's a journey and getting ready for something public and getting anticipating that it, were you involved with any performances uh, or whether they be like oration or mm -hmm. um, drama mm -hmm. or, or anything that where you had a period of preparation and what was that like for you? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I mostly would, would be on the, the line of, um, uh, presentations of uh, research or whatnot, and I, I know what you think about the, um, you know, like really feeling like you have, like everything is coming together with your message. I when I gave a, um, a faculty development about um, uh, using model UN and um, project based learning, um, and we we had just a few months ago had a professor from the University, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center come. And um, he had this wonderful line about, you know, uh, also about using uh, project-based medicine or project-based learning. And he said, you know, it comes down to do, do you trust your students? Um, you know, because with a project-based learning, it's all about, they, they are in control. They or their group are in control of everything. They're still responsible for everything that they need to know, but they're the ones that are teaching themselves. And, um, and I felt like, wow, with that message, um, and then being able to quote that person um, who had just, you know, been part of a symposium. And I felt that, that our faculty really needed to hear this because they, they had a very different experience from when they were learning medicine. And I, <laughs> I know also how you feel about being excited because I, my, my friends and I in university, we liked to watch the, um, the cartoon called um, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And um, they always had these real short, very, very short clips at the very beginning about some strange guy called actually Dr. Weird. And he, he had this one message where, you know, he makes this, so sorry, he makes this, robot and he sprays it in the face and it's some, such a nice gentle rabbit robot and then he sprays it in the face with perfume and it goes crazy and then that's that's how this, this cartoon starts but he had the line you know he said do this to him because that's how it happened to me and i thought wow that is so perfect you know if if these professors teach the way that they were taught then their poor students are going to not have the, the they're not going to meet what this unit, the vision of this university that our, our Dean of Education had. 
for um, you know interactive you know app, you know um, uh, learning that was um, supposed to be active learning and so I <laughs> used that that clip you know to get this point across and whether or not they got it across or not I felt happy that I could give such a different presentation from what they've been used to but um, so I think maybe that kind of went through similar emotions as what you described. But then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I don't want to interrupt you because you might mm -hmm. have more that you would like to say about that. But I just want to mm -hmm. say I, I like what you're saying there about um, knowing your students and trusting your students, because in a way, I think like for a speaker or a performer or an artist, like knowing their audience is so crucial. Mm. Like what, what will be meaningful to their audience? What can be shared that will be inspiring to their audience? And um, yeah. And, and knowing, knowing what the right timing for what you say mm. and, and what you invite them into is, is important. And because if you choose it right, the experience is um, well served, but if you don't, there's potential for problems. So, mm -hmm, so yeah. Mm -hmm, but were mm -hmm. you going to say something else there? I, I felt like maybe. Yeah. What, what you talked about also resonated with me about when you said that you, um, when, when you got home and you watched the concert a few times, um, when that, that made me think of the time where you asked me to um, take part in the, um, the, the series, the Lenten series, and asked me to to give the message one one week, and I I did the message, and um, I that was a great really, message, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't know what direction how to do. It was my very first time ever giving giving a message for church, and um, and and me too. Then I just was so proud, you know, if I can say that of, of what I did. And I too have watched it over many, many times since then. And that's one of those, one of those times where um, the, the message comes together or the performance comes together and, and you feel like um, in, in my case, I couldn't see the audience, you know, receiving what I was saying, but you feel like this definitely will have impact for, for someone out there. And, um, yeah, that's what a great thing about performing when, like you say, when you can give, you know, a, a message that, that is needed at the right time through music or, um, through whatever it may be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Barney, I wanted to ask you as we're getting ready to maybe draw things to a close, mm -hmm. if you could see any artist mm -hmm. or band headline a show what who would it be and yeah. it could be as epic as you like or oh, yeah. as as small scale and personal as right, you right, like right, but right, just right, it, yeah. it could you can pick any artist from the past um mm. up till you know the present uh, um any any combination of like you could say i'd like to see you know a band of these mm. artists together performing mm -hmm. you know so um if you could see any artist or band combination um who yeah. would you select I've, I've thought about this for a while, actually. Um, so I have also since university, I've been a really big fan of um, Tangerine Dream, which is uh, a new age, kind of new age, um, a German group that has been around for years and years. And they had, they had one member that was they changed members changed over at the time they had one member that was uh, one of the founding members that was there the entirety until he passed away and um just reading about their concerts you know sometimes they do them in pitch dark sometimes they just have you know the tiny bit of lights going on and um you know but sometimes it's just full-scale show and um their their music sometimes can be very kind of ambient and sometimes fish as well will do a set that's all ambient music and so if there could be some way for those two bands to come together and do a show that i think would be just the ultimate show that i could ever go to and i i don't know that it would ever ever, ever happen but if something like that ever happened boy that would just wow that would beyond my imagination but <laughs> how, how about for yourself 
So in my scenario, um, I would like to have a time machine and these musicians are all getting to know each other and they put on a performance together, but um, it is a Paul McCartney on bass, um, oh. Dave Grohl on drums, um, Jimi Hendrix on guitar, oh. and Jack Black on vocals. Oh, man. <laughs> I just think that would be a really fun combination. And um, Jack Black, as goofy as he is, he's actually quite oh, a yeah. really, um, yeah. gifted and talented singer as well. So I think they would have a lot of fun. Um, mm. But then also there could be some serious moments too. So um, I think that would be a fun combination. I, I did see a video where Jack Black and with his band Tenacious mm. D and Dave Grohl with mm -hmm. his band Foo Fighters oh, wow. happened to be, um, I think it was in Brazil or mm. another um, maybe neighboring country. But anyway, mm -hmm. they, um, they went out together to a restaurant where there oh, was this local wow. game that they were playing and the, the bands were competing <laughs> against each other. But it looked like they were having so much fun. So oh, I, I, I know cool. at least those two would interact. Oh, well, oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe we could throw in with Jack Black um, it, as another vocalist, Bono from U2. They could kind of. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but what, wow. what did you think of Jack Black's Peaches song from the Mario movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so, so fun. Beaches, beaches, oh, beaches, I, beaches, I know. Beaches, beaches. I, I'm so glad that it comes back at the very end of the, <laughs> the movie too, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a video of him singing that song in a Bowser costume. Well, it was kind of a, a green suit with like a ha okay. hair piece. Oh, uh -huh, it's, uh -huh, it's uh -huh. just <laughs> tremendous. Awesome. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it I love the really, range from low to high. Exactly, and his voice is very nice to listen to too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh man. And then if if somehow in your band, if maybe Prince would walk on stage oh, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Easily yeah. would be a great. Addition. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much, Barney, for taking this time today to reflect on yeah. concerts. I really enjoyed it. It was neat to hear your experiences, and I appreciate you asking about mine. And I hope that our audience, too, has thought about their own concert experiences while we were sharing today. And hopefully this episode will help you appreciate the chances you've had to hear live music or see live performances. And as always, thank you for being here with us. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.